All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Loose Murto Podcast. Um, with y'all today is your host, Adil Tofik, and I got my co-host with me, uh, Sammy Ahmed. Sammy, would you say hello to the people? Yo, what's good, everyone? What's up, what's up man? They say you're the most valuable uh, player on the, on the team. I mean, that's people saying, but yeah, I, don't, I don't agree with it, man. It's okay. So I've heard. <laughs> so I'm glad we got um, some, some guests with us today. Um, and I'm happy to introduce uh, my main man, Siam. You know what I'm saying? He's been with us in the Ramadan series, and he's here to join us again on this episode. So, uh, Siam, say um, say what's up to the people. Assalamualaikum, everybody. Uh, super happy to be back. Yeah, yeah, we missed you, man. There was a lot of fan mail coming in. I had surgery <laughs> with you, but, you know, there was a lot of fan mail. That I, was, <laughs> man, I kept it to myself, man, but it's all good. <laughs> also, on this call, we got with us Safe, man. Safe, would you like to check in with us? Yeah, Assalamualaikum. Thank you guys for having yeah, me. Yeah, Inshallah, but it's an inspiration for this episode was a continuation. If anybody caught the the E for Effort episode, which we kind of talked a lot about failure and in life, you kind of got to fail to succeed. Um, and we talked about different forms of failure, whether it was like materialistically or like you know in your job or at school, and there's a lot of different ways that you can fail. Um, but on this episode, we kind of really want to hone in on the aspect of failing spiritually. And I feel like that's a very overlooked and um, things we don't, something we don't really pay attention to, especially being Muslim or you know just being somebody who believes in a higher power. Um, we don't really pay attention to you know how we fail spiritually and, and try to improve on it and get better at it. Um, so with that, man, I brought y'all Siam, I brought y'all uh, Safe, and inshallah, we want to go more into the aspect of what it means to fail spiritually and just be more cognitive of the effects it has in our lives. With that, man, I'd like to kick it off to Siam and just, you know, just, you know, what is that? What, what do you think of initially when you hear uh, how we or everyday life is kind of come up short in our, in our spiritual life or spiritual world? Yeah, I, I it, it's, it's a very interesting topic. Um, and, and I think uh, Adil and I had a conversation about this before where it, you know, you kind of have to dive into, when, when you're talking about just the spiritual successes um, and the moral victories that we feel, um, when do we actually feel victorious? Like, when do we feel like we've actually done something spiritually or deen-wise? Um, and how does that align with things that Allah says are success? Um, and, and, you know, clearly the opposite of that being failures um, just goes back to, to things that we know from the Quran where Allah says things like uh, beginning of Surah Mu'minun, Allah says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, qad aflah al-Mu'minun. Successful are the believers. Success is found for those believers um, within the, you know, the humbleness that they present themselves to Allah with while they're in prayer. So Allah doesn't determine all these other concepts. He, he speaks about prayer first and the humility that's found within the Salah. When you get to this whole talk about spirituality and being spiritual and then you talk about prayer, I feel like we're so removed from that, you know, spiritually that the prayer doesn't like, I'll be honest, for a lot of people, doesn't have enough in our lives or on our lives. So we kind of have value for the prayer, like, or, we you know, or experience the power that prayer has in our lives. Right. Because we're so detached from it. So, you know what I mean? We're so away from it that when people go yeah. up to pray, they don't feel nothing. Right. It's just like this, you know, why, why should I pray? Why should I, it doesn't make sense logically. Like what, what am I going to get from it? Right. I, I think that's, that's what a lot of people kind of feel. Like, can anybody else like understand where, where that's coming from? Those sentiments that, you know, that happen. I, I, saw, I saw something really interesting on like Instagram the other day. It was just like, you know, before you pray, believe, right? There's some things you got to do. Like, like it was like six things to do, right? Like, you know, one of the, one of the advice was like, before you pray, believe. 
like you know we kind of come up short just understanding what the prayer is and how it really was sent to help us or you know kind of impact our, our spirituality our life and our connection with a lot i feel like siam could really help us out on that tip right i mean i feel like that's where you kind of add value to this conversation man kind of help us <laughs> kind of get that um you know what i mean that spirituality man you know the funny thing is that you guys mentioned something that that even you know being a an imam or somebody that leads salah we struggle with ourselves right um just i i feel like one of the one of the things I absolutely love, you know, when we hang out and we have these conversations is that I'm, I'm able to kind of just pull the curtains back a little bit from people that may not lead Salah, right? When in Ramadan, I'm leading Taraweeh, and I mentioned this in the, uh, in the Ramadan uh, recording that we had, um, you know, when I'm leading Taraweeh, many a times I'm not really focused on what's being recited as much as, or it, it's not given as much important importance as me figuring out what the next page starts with, right? And so, you know, everyone struggles with it. That, that's one of the things that you will always struggle with uh, is, is having that connection when you're praying. I feel like the starting of that though is understand the situation that you're in, right? And I told this to Adil um, and I feel like I've, you know, during the book club session, we've, we've also spoken about this, but knowing that, you know, you are, when you start Salah, right? What are the things that, what are the unseen benefits that you have, right? So the first thing being the Prophet Wasallam saying that, Anyone, you know, a Sahabi came to him and asked him that, oh, Ya Rasulullah, I'm having this and this problem. And the Prophet ﷺ said, pray your salah. And he left and he came back and he mentioned the same issue. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm having this problem. He said, pray your salah. And he left. And then he came back again. And this occurred a, a few times, according to one of the narrations. And some of the Sahaba that were sitting next to him, they said, Ya Rasulullah, he says, you, you keep mentioning to pray salah. He's like, this person may need some other kind of advice. And the Messenger <laughs> said, you know, that it without you acknowledging it, without you, you know, giving it that much of a thought, if you make the effort to pray your salah and you are consistent in it, then the thing that is taking you away from the salah, right? The either this person will stick to the salah or they will stick to the sin. Both cannot coexist. Right? <laughs> and that's pretty powerful in my mind, which is you know, just reassurance that even if you don't know, make the effort to pray first, right? Like make the effort to, to, to wake up and pray your Fajr Salah, two rakats, right? Uh, make the effort to go to the masjid, make the effort to, to be there for Jummah. That, I, I feel like that's where, that's where it starts. Yeah. And I feel like, so yeah, no, no. And then like, even just like every aspect of it, right? Like I'm doing what do I'm doing ablution. Everything, like you said, is just taking a step closer to like Allah, right? And and I I think about this 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 quote or this interaction that this um this this girl had with the Imam, and I thought it was really powerful. It's profound, right? And like she came up to the Imam and was just like, oh, like oh Imam, I feel like Allah is distant from me, right? Like and people feel like that in life, right? You feel like you're yep. far from God or God's like not listening to you. You just feel like you're on your own. You feel alone, right? And then you know the Imam heard that and he just asked her a simple question. He was like. Okay, you feel like God is distant, like distance from you. Like, who moved though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, who 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 moved? Mm -hmm. like, did you move away from Him, or you know, or God, or did God, or did God move away? Like, so it kind of like makes you reflect. Like, I need to take the actions. To, like, what actions or what am I doing in my life to actually get closer to God? Right? Like, and it, that's like signifying through the survive, through the all the actions that we do. Right? It's like I'm. It's not just me doing this physical going up and down. Like this is a step me getting closer to, uh, like you know, to Allah, right? And to trying to get closer to, like, get the, that mercy from Him, right? And so it's so much that like, it's signified just by taking that commitment, having that belief. But like I say, having yep. the whole belief, like the whole thing is the whole belief too, right? That hey, look, I understand, like, you no know, God's king, 
right? He his, his orders are are final. Like he has all the commands, right? He can help me with anything I need. So I need to submit, right? I need to, I need to come. I mean, it's coming out to that fundamental fundamental like understanding, right? I feel like uh, the, the one thing that really, really helped me in recent years, and, and this is something that I've heard maybe uh, I would say like five, six years ago, and it stuck with me, um, is understand the realm in which you and I travel when we pray, right? Like what's the situation? So today, for example, if I was sitting next to you and we're talking and, you know, we watch basketball, we're huge fans of, you know, the, the Lakers or we're huge fans of, uh, say, Michael Jordan. If we were given an opportunity to meet with Michael Jordan for about two minutes, like, hey, you get to, you know, talk to Jordan, you get to ask him any questions, blah, 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 you have about two minutes, right? You and I would be like more than, you know, like more than ecstatic to, to meet with him for two minutes, right? Um, when you consider that, you know, as a Muslim, if you and I were given an opportunity and, and told that, hey, you will get five minutes uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one time with, you know, Abu Bakr uh, radiallahu anhu or Omar radiallahu anhu or any of, you know, listening to the bayans of Sheikh Nurman Ali Khan or you're talking about Mufti Ming or you're talking about Sheikh Yasir Khadi, all of these speakers, if we got time to speak, you know, to, you know, we listen to them and, and we feel like our iman is about to fly out of our chests, right? Um, yeah. We feel amazing. But if we were given an opportunity to sit with a Sahabi, imagine where we'd be, right? Um, yeah. Take it even a step further if we were given a, uh, an opportunity to sit in front of the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in front of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we're given two minutes, how many of us dream about seeing him in our dreams? Like we, we are praying, oh Allah, let me see him in our dreams, right? You know, we make that dua because we know that's a blessing. If we were given two minutes of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's time, how would you feel? How amazing would you feel, right? That you are getting two minutes with the messenger of Allah. Now imagine for a minute, the moment you say Allahu Akbar and you start your salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going, the Rabb of Muhammad, the creator of Muhammad is in front of you. Ask me, I will give you, right? Mm. That to me is powerful, right? Where we, we, would, we would be ecstatic beyond this, like out of words. We wouldn't know what to say in front of the messenger sallam, for fear of, I don't know what the right thing to say to her of Allah would be. Right. I don't know how to sit. I don't know. You know, maybe I'm fidgeting. Maybe my hair, you know, you're considering all of these things. But even then, it's a he's the messenger of Allah. Right. He is a human being with with prestige. Now, imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of Muhammad, sallam, the moment you say Allahu Akbar, you are in a one on one discussion with Allah from the duration of your entire salah. And that thought really, really sits with me. Whenever I find that my mind is going here and there or I'm, I'm unable to focus, I bring it back to this point of re realize the environment that you're in. You are standing in front of the Lord of all worlds. You are standing in front of Rabbul Alameen and you're thinking about all these other things. Are they more important than Allah? Right? And so that really, really brings me back. So I apologize for, for cutting you off, Sammy, but um, oh, no, that, that really popped into my head um, and, and I wanted to just quickly share that. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, too. And I think, like, two things that we've mentioned so far that I feel like we can maybe point a little bit more depth about is, one, um, Siam, earlier you said, like, the two things that can't be side by side are um, prayer and sins, right? You can't sin and pray. And then you can look deeper into that and recognize that it's more about the effort. And then, also too, you kind of mentioned the, uh, the lack of understanding that exists as to why people don't pray, as to why people don't, like, abide exactly by, like, what they're supposed to abide by. And for me, personally, I know, like, 
what kind of draws my biggest disconnection away from spirituality is two things, right? One hypocrisy. It's like oftentimes like I'll, I'll, I'll sin and I'll recognize that I did something that I wasn't supposed to do. And it's really hard for me to go and pray because I feel like a hypocrite, right? Cause I feel like it's not genuine or I feel like, like it's not going to be accepted for the simple fact that I, I just did something I wasn't supposed to do. And then two, it's like a lack of understanding, right? It's like, I feel like the way religion is presented to us, especially in our community, I feel like most of our parents don't have a very like thorough, like depth understanding of it because where they grew up, right? At least from my experiences that where they grew up, they were surrounded by people who thought very similar to them. So oftentimes they didn't have to ask questions. They didn't have to have this like very thorough understanding of what they were practicing or um, what they what they believed in because it was just normalized. But like once we came to like America, I think, and once we're like in a melting pot, oftentimes our beliefs are challenged, right? Like you grow up and sometimes you even see like Islam being villainized on like the TV, right? And so you'll go to school and you'll experience like situations with kids. And oftentimes you'll have like doubt in your belief. And, and because you don't have that like very sturdy foundation for what you believe in at home it leads you to like that lack of understanding and then even within that you you feel like hypocritical because you know you shouldn't be doing things that you're doing and i feel like those are like the main reasons as to why people get spiritually disconnected and like i know for myself like that's something i struggle with as well just like at times not understanding things and like i think where i spiritually fail the most is recognizing that there are things i don't understand and because of like me not understanding something, I, I don't go and find the answer. But sometimes I think I'm afraid of the answer, right? And I think that's like the, the reality of a lot of things. It's like ignorance is kind of bliss, right? So I would rather not know and have like, I would rather not have like a thorough understanding of what I'm doing so I could like self-handicap myself and blame my like not so thorough understanding for me not practicing in the best way that I could. And that's like the, the rabbit hole that we fall that like oftentimes I feel like a lot of people can relate to uh, who can... I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. And I feel like people can relate to that in a, in a way. And uh, I don't know if you guys feel like that's kind of like a common issue, but it's kind of what I experienced. And uh, I thought like that really aligned to spiritually failing. Uh, I was going to say, um, Sammy, uh, the point that you brought about uh, feeling like a hypocrite uh, when you sin and then you want to go and pray and you just, you just don't feel good about it. It's something that, you know, I relate to very closely. And it's something that I thought, not a lot of people uh, not a lot of other people related to until I started kind of opening up about it and you know talking to my other Muslim friends about it but one thing that I recognized is when you're doing when you have actions that are making you feel guilty about prayer or anything like that um, and I feel like this is where a lot of this kind of comes is I feel like you have to kind of get really in tune with yourself. Like you were saying that you didn't want to find answers to, to things about yourself uh, for one reason or another. But I feel like it, in order for you to truly get close to Allah and, and really be committed with your prayers and, and, and things like that is is recognizing that at the end of the day, you're a human being. And if we were perfect, there would be no reason for us to exist. Like our whole purpose is to be tested to go through these trials and tribulations of life and you know to inshallah at the end of uh end of the day to to get into jannah so like i i did this uh it was like maybe three or four years ago where i was very afraid of myself i was afraid of being alone and i was afraid of uh i was afraid of praying because i felt like i'm not worthy at that point i felt like the way i was living my life there was no forgiveness or there was no point, you know, like a hypocrite. But I learned that, you know, when you kind of recognize, you know, the actions that you're taking or the sins that you're taking and you start to identify why you're making those decisions and whatnot, uh, you start, in a sense, uh, you know, you start understanding yourself. And from there, you kind of just, 
you start taking those steps slowly but surely towards you know stopping the sins that you're doing and you know through the process like you'll fall and and you'll you'll deviate from prayer and you'll go back to it and whatnot but i think that whole process in itself of you know holding on to your faith and going back to it even when you fail and whatnot i think that's all part of you know the the experience of being a human being and i think it's all kind of like i don't know i feel like it's a beautiful thing like it's a beautiful struggle at the end of the day but you know if the intention is there and you're constantly going after it. I feel, I feel like a lot makes the path a little bit easier though. You made a couple of really, life. you know, interesting points, uh, brother Safe. You were mentioning you didn't realize how, um, you know, how the fact that, you know, you, that, that self-conscious, uh, you know, feeling of, I don't know if I'm worthy or if, I don't know if, you know, I don't know how to deal with the situation of like, I want to do it, but I don't know if I, if I should go back and if I should, you know, pray and, and you, you, you didn't really know how to handle that until you, um, you know, you, you reached out to other people and started opening up, you know, immediately as, as you're mentioning that, it reminded me of, um, you know, where Allah's, Allah's talking about time and, and mismanagement of time. Um, but then Allah ends the surah by saying that if you want to make your time valuable and if you want to be established, if you want to be able to utilize this, this thing that you have that you will never be able to get back in, in, in time, um, بالحق, right? Um, don't just, you know, don't just speak the truth and be honest and, and, and evolve, you know, in honesty and truth at all times. But بالحق means like in a, in a group, run after the truth, right? In a group. Um, you know, stab, have have honest conversations, right? And 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 uh, Subhanallah, you know that that that's essentially where my brain went. You know, when it when it when you're speaking, you can only address issues, or you can only address some of the concerns that we have if you're if you open up and and you and you you know let people in and and kind of share your feelings and thoughts on. Well, this is really hard for me, or this is something that's difficult. I don't know if I'm, as you mentioned, worthy of praying salah, um, or I don't know if. You know, I've missed Fajr for 10 years. I don't know if praying tomorrow and starting tomorrow makes up for anything. You know, I, I still feel like it's not enough. And that feeling of not enough, you know, to me, um, you know, going into a different direction. But, you know, just keeping in mind that the tricks of Shaytan are to use those, those, those uh, you know, when, when you are on the cusp of doing something to change your life. When you see things holding you back, like those kind of questions, you know, the, the scholars and the ulama explain that it is essentially shaitan trying to hold you back, placing those, those thoughts in your brain to kind of, you know, muddy the waters to, to muddy up your, your, your sincere intention. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a struggle and, 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 you know, we all have to go through it. And the beauty of, 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 of us as human beings is the fact that you will speak, you will be at certain points of your life spiritually bankrupt, if you will, right? It's all about how do you come back and, and rebuild your life and your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how do you structure that um, in a way where even if you fall again, which you will, um, and, and continue to rise and fall, how do you how do you consistently keep making sure that you're coming back to Allah? Because that's what matters. Yeah. Safe, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And Siam, thank you for adding that context. That really helped a lot. I think like you mentioned um, the, the concept of time and something I think Otto can agree on is like oftentimes something you hear within our community and just in general is that like oh I'll get I'll get in tune with my with my spirit as like when I get older right <laughs> like when I'm ready to settle down that's that's when I'll like yeah that's when I'll like you know uh like start praying more that's when I'll get like more in like I said more in tune with your spirituality and like with Islam as a whole and 
I've even said that myself, right? So like I'm guilty of that as well. And I think that's just like the trap that we fall into living in like a Western society that really values like career success, right? And monetary like value and things like that. Because oftentimes like, like as you grow up and as you're taught to like really wor- work hard for things, you don't really hear working hard towards your spirituality, right? Like more, more often or not, you're, you're, you're like susceptible to hearing work hard in school. Then you go on social media and you see people doing really good things. And then you want to be like at their level. And so there's just like this lack of like spiritual emphasis um like as you're going through your career as you're going through school and people myself included right put their like spirituality on pause and then intend to resume it at a point to where they've like achieved that success in the sense of like their career monetarily i like that's a, a concept i'm struggling as well with when i'm trying to like rewire my brain and trying to like prioritize spirituality above anything else right just because i feel like so for so long i've been conditioned to recognize like success as achieving this like place financially or monetarily or in my career whereas like spirituality is always like it can come later (laughs) yeah yeah and it's a struggle yeah so for me as well like while i was going through this um spiritual journey of kind of getting closer to a lot and getting to to know myself and things like that that's one thing that i had to really think about was like what is my life like what what do i want it to be like what am i going to define as success you know what i mean and we're brought up in a uh, in a society especially a capitalistic society where success is you know the money that you have the car that you drive the house that you live in the job that you work and things like that and it's just like when you when you're thinking about money as success it's like you're chasing constantly after something that you're never going to achieve right because if you tell yourself well i want a salary of a hundred thousand dollars a year to feel successful eventually you're going to get that salary inshallah you know you get it and then it's it's not going to be enough you know you're going to say well why don't i push it a little further like why don't i try to make 250 to a million to this to that it's just like ever like it's not going to stop you know one way or another especially if you're getting promotions at jobs and things like that you're going to keep adding more to your plate but I know for me personally, like I had to think about it, like what, what am I going to do with all of this money at some point? You know, like if, like inshallah, like, yeah, like I would love to have money. I'd love to have the, you know, the, the dream job that I want and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, like, who am I really trying to impress at the end of the day? You know, like my parents are going to love me for who I am, regardless at the end of the day, my friends are going to support me with whatever it is that I'm doing as long as, you know, I'm doing good things. And from there it's just like it's all on me like do i really want to dedicate my whole life chasing after money do i really want to dedicate my whole life trying to impress strangers and things like that um and i think that's a very important thing for a lot of people to think about like i want to be successful i want to get into this field and this and that but but why do you want to get into that field you know because at any given day you pass yeah. away and it's just not, like, not, not only that though, what like, now you, can, you know like i said you can get there right i mean anything you work i mean see i mean, you know the, the verse anything you work for you you'll get mm-hmm. you'll get labor you'll get the fruit of your labor right but my thing is like i think what we don't pay attention to is the cost right everything is like opportunity cost right like you can put everything you want into getting that that position at work or that that house or that car whatever it is in this in this world that will make you happy or you think will make you happy but at what cost did it come at right and i think that's where the discussion really needs to be had right or what we need to start paying more like i mean like how many deals that am I going into that I know I shouldn't be going to under like you know Islamic context right or how many like situations am I being put in and making like moves I shouldn't be making or doing things or missing things that I should be catching is it worth it like, like is what's the trade-off right yep I mean I think 
Yeah, yeah, I feel like you, you feel like a library on that. Yeah, so uh, the, the the beautiful thing about what uh, what Brother Safe was mentioning was that there's a hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says that, um, that if you give the child of Adam, if you give Bani Adam um, a mountain of gold, he will ask for another. And if you give him another, he will ask for a third. He says, and nothing will satisfy the 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 son of man or the son of Adam, uh, except for except when when it is time for them to die, right? At which point they will ask for you know another breath. They will ask for another sip of water. They will ask for another moment on the earth. And that to me really 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 signifies where we've we've lost our connection um, and, and where. When we are at that point where we are so career driven or we are so, um, you know, so driven economically, uh, how do you pull yourself back? Right. I'll, I'll share something very personal with you guys today. Um, there's a uh, there's there's a, a young young brother that just passed away two days ago uh, by the name of uh, Sayyid Islam. He's actually um, when I used to teach at Masjid Darussalam, I was a student myself at Madrasa. I used to teach there as, you know, as just the resident hafiz, um, and I used to teach Quran. And this, you know, younger brother was definitely younger than me. So he, at least maybe about 10 years younger than, than, than me. Um, and, you know, he used to come in for, for the classes, and I remember him very, very well. And, you know, uh, for, for the duration of the classes that he used to, he used to be there, and, and I, I also stopped teaching for a while. But I used to see him at the masjid all the time. This brother passed away two days ago, Right. He was a student of mine. He used to come to the Bayans. Uh, many, many of the imams know him. Um, you know, seeing him, people will recognize who he is, right? And when they mentioned his name, I didn't really, you know, realize who he was until until his name, until, you know, somebody showed me a picture. And I pretty much broke down because that is that is the reality of life. That is, that is the thing that we consistently try to conceal um, so that we can continue to do what we want to do without feeling like what Adil was mentioning, that we're giving up something, that we're sacrificing, you know, moments that we could be spending doing things that will better our hereafter or the life after um, in, instead of, you know, instead of doing what we're doing. And and one of the things that I, you know, it's it, it's been, you know, that part of the conversation has been really, really tough for me. And I don't want to keep going on and on about it. But one of the things that that really, really hit me um, and, and I, I, you know, from time to time, I'll remember this. Uh, one of the one of the Khalifas of Islam, and uh, in, in this is many, many years after the Khulafa or Rashidin, um, he had a question about just life in general. And so he went to Mecca and he asked and the scholars there, they said, no, no, no. If you want to ask the question, go to a scholar that's in Medina. So this Khalifa who is, you know, who, you know, his, his you know, or, the Khilafah was established in Turkey at the time. Right. And um he travels all the way to Mecca only to be told to go to Medina, right, um, in search of this knowledge. He go, finally goes to Medina and he finds the scholar and he says, you know, you know, why is it that, you know, we as human beings don't like to die? Like, why is it that, that talking about the, the hereafter um, makes it difficult for us? And then the alim, the scholar, he said very, very, very beautifully, he says, And this, this statement it really, really sticks with you. If you, if I could plaster it on a wall and keep it with me, it would, I feel like that would help me so much. He basically said, he says, it's, it, it, this feeling of, you know, I, you know, everything is fine until it's not right. That we, we, we don't like to die. We don't want to talk about death. We don't want to, 
He goes, this feeling that it's there because the is because you've built your existence and you've used all the materials that Allah has given to you, right? Um, you've used that, those materials and built for yourself a home in this life. And by doing so, you've left no materials for the akhirah to build a home for your akhirah, right? That's why when it's time for you to pass on, right? That's why when it's time for you to even think about dying, forget about you dying or you're at that moment of passing away. You're thinking about passing or you're, you're thinking about death. The thing, the, the reason why it bothers you internally is because you've invested so much into this world and you've invested nothing into that. That's why even thinking about it sometimes uh, makes it, you know, you feel very, very awkward inside, right? And that, that awkwardness should be a wake-up call. Uh, that realization of this world is temporary, right? If nothing else, if nobody else wants to talk about anything else, understand that this world has an end. And whether that's, you know, the entire earth exploding into billion bits or whatever, or you passing away yourself, you leaving existence, you leaving, you know, this, this realm, there is an end. And if we don't focus on that, it's very difficult for us to, to you know, check ourselves and to see what the, what the cost was at, at, at attaining the dunya. Because you can attain the highest forms of, of wealth in this world and politics simply by trying hard enough. But what are you giving up essentially, right? And something I heard recently too that kind of aligns to that is like once you, once you die, your body is referred to as like the body of blank, right? Yep. However, your spirit will live on. So it's like you invested your entire life working on something that's no longer like, like tangible, I guess, whereas your spirit still exists, right? And you're going to like, from now until, until the end of time until, for eternity, right? Like deal with the repercussions of how much energy you put into your spirituality. And that kind of stuck with me too, right? Thinking about like how much I put into my physical, how much I put into like getting to a certain point, like you said, in this dunya, right? In life kind of, and then hearing that, like, once I die, it's just the body of X, Y, Z, that, that, that kind of struck. That's just, like, such a scary thought, though. Like, it's just, like, bro, what, like, you literally, like, literally your decisions that you make here determines your outcome forever. And that's, to me, that is a, like, there is no, it's, like, to me, it's just, like, wow. Like, I, I don't know how to put it in words. Like, I'm so, I always get so, like, fearful. I but that, get so yeah, scared. but that, that's I'm where like, the beauty of Islam lies, right? Where you, you, you see how that level of fear does come in play. Allah, so the moment you feel that scared nature, immediately in the Quran, every single time when, when any conversation around fear happens, Allah SWT immediately follows it up with, but now you know, right? Like, but now you understand. Therefore, you are now eligible for my mercy. So like anytime we talk about these things and we bum ourselves out, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't leave us in that depression state, right? Every verse in the Quran that speaks about punishment or that speaks about the finality of this world or the, that speaks about um, the, 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 the fact that what you do here uh, will, you know, will ultimately determine what you, what you get in the hereafter. When you think about that and you're going, oh man, like I'm, I, I, I'm, I've, I've messed up so much. Like I've wasted so much time. Immediately while we're thinking about these things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning, read the Quran. What does it tell you? It tells you that you still have time. How and why? Because I, Allah, don't allow you to think about me, don't allow you to think about these situations unless I'm ready to forgive you. You won't even think about the opportunity. You won't even think about these things. So like that, that balance to me is really, really amazing. So like the moment you feel like you've, you've lost it all, understand that that understanding or that knowledge or that piece of wisdom that just reached you is from Allah. 
And the only reason for why I came to you and made you feel that depressed for those two minutes is so that you can ultimately turn back to the mercy of Allah. It's not so that you can dwell in that, in that space. And that's to me what spiritual success is, right? Understanding that transition between recognizing when you haven't done enough and, you know, mitigating that by understanding the look, I have to try, but Allah is the one that gives me the chances. And if I, and if I make myself eligible time and again, by asking him, by, by requesting Allah's mercy and Allah's forgiveness, then, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he'll guide me. And that in itself is spiritual success. It's when you don't pay attention to your emotions or when you choose to, to not pay attention to these things or choose to not put yourself in a spot where you can remember and get a reminder. That's when you, you, you've essentially, you know, uh, existed on a plane where spiritual success isn't really something that you're looking for. And uh, I want to add something as, as well as uh, with spiritual success as um in in the in the present tense as well like where you're at right now like that's something that i've noticed is like when i'm living a life or when i've lived a life that's full of regrets and sin and stuff like that like i'm constantly walking in fear whereas when i know i'm praying five times a day and i'm i'm treating people justly and fairly and i have a law in my mind and things like that like every situation that i step in like i'm stepping into it with confidence i'm stepping into it uh, like feeling guided feeling like there's something like that's watching over me and that that to me is like a very motivating factor to to live yeah. a, you know that, like a that definitely life, sounds like life. um what i feel like a lot of people are looking towards and like where a lot of people want to be at right in terms of like their spiritual connection that's the thing is I, and um say when you bring that up but like when people say like you know, when I get older, then I'm going to start doing the right thing or start praying and stuff like that. Those actions, they're not, you can't put your spirit, you can't put on hold. Like, it affects you, like, right now. And that's the thing yep. I always try to tell people make people understand. It's like, you can't say, I'm going to start eating healthy when I get 40. And then, you know, like, well, okay, you can make that decision consciously, but your decisions that are what you're going to eat are going to affect you every single day until you get to 40. So it's just because you don't choose to acknowledge it or choose to, you know what I mean? To pursue or work on it doesn't mean like, hey, okay, it's not going to fit. No, like it's, it's every single day you wake up and if you don't, if you miss a prayer or, you know what I mean? Like whatever decision you make, you know what I mean? It's going to affect you for that day, for that, that month, for that year, for that lifetime and that span. And like, and my motivation every day when I wake up, I want to, I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be, I want to be blessed. That's my only motivation. Right. And I feel like, I, I mean, and I feel like you get blessings through your service. You know what I mean? To humanity. To, to God, to, you know, to your, your parents, to people around you, like, you know what I mean, doing the right thing. And, and the guidelines is there for us. We all know where our guidelines are. And that's, you know, it's in the Quran, it's in the Hadith, the way of the Prophet them, right? So that's my goal every day is it's like, hey, if it's not about what I have, it's about my state. Like, what am I doing? Am I, am I like cognitive of, of God's watching me? Am I, you know what I mean? Am I, you know what I mean? Am I doing the best action I could do at this time for myself? And hopefully try to win that, that, you know, that mercy of Allah or that pleasure of Allah. Where, you know what I mean? That, that happens through sacrifices, bro. Like, you I mean, like, that's, what, that's, that's always the opportunity cost, right? Like, if you can listen to your boss all day and move up through the ranks, and that's cool. You can get that. But then, or you can listen to your creator, right? And then knowing that he, you know, everything, like, under the heavens and under earth is under his control, under his command. I mean, like, who do you want to, who you want to go to? Who do you want to obey? Who do you want to, who are you trying to please, right? Like, what's, where's your ambition? Where's your mindset? as far as like trying to be spiritually successful. Um, I don't know. It's a lot to think about, man. And for me, at least, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with it every day. 
And 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 that's by design. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that you you will struggle, right? Um and and the uh, ebbs and flows of, you know, iman is is a very very beautiful thing in the sense that a a person can only lose iman when they choose to stop believing in Allah, right? And even when you stop believing in Allah, it doesn't mean that Allah doesn't exist, right? It's just you choose to deny the the pleasures of Allah within you. But the 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 thing that we always need to remember and I feel like the conversation always needs to be centered around who Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is and what is he doing for us and and asking one simple question that if I was to die right now, where would I go? And being and and being as honest as you can and as brutal as you can to yourself, not out loud, but to yourself, I feel like that will drive a a better and clearer picture as to your own self evaluation on on how you feel like your 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 relationship with Allah is going to be right that if i was to die this moment where would i end up what would be my regret right now right and you know realize that there is no difference between you saying hey i'm going to die now or i'm going to die in 30 years and and the, you know the 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 analogy that i used a couple of years ago which i you know Alhamdulillah, out of nowhere, you know, I was just thinking about it. But, you know, if, you know, when, when we make a list of all the things we want to do in life, right, death is never on that list, right? You mentioned, hey, I want to be a teenager. I want to own this is this. I want to go to school. I want to go to college. I want to, I want to get, uh, you know, as, as Brother Safe was mentioning, you know, $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 job. I want to get the car. I want to get the wife. I want to get the kids. I want to do this. I want to do this. You want to have the house. Well, when I get older, I want to have a retirement home and, uh, you know, retirement facility, a, a big ranch with, with animal, whatever, right? You make all these plans and then you ask, well, what after that? And you're like, well, that's it. It's like, no, that's not it. You forgot the, the main thing, which is death. Death is never on our list. And understanding that death can approach you at any moment and to consistently for yourself to evaluate yourself and your position with, with, your, with your creator is very, very important. And the struggles of that are always going to be there because we are physically living in this world. Um, and, and a portion of you know us living here, Allah says, is make sure that you have a spiritual connection with Allah, which will guide you and help you navigate the world. But understand that the road, meaning this world, has an end. You have an end destination. Um, you may not reach a specific place in your life, but at the end of the day, um, if you have that connection with Allah, your journey will continue in the hereafter in Jannah, right? Bismillah. Yeah. The beautiful thing about it is too that, um, like, like Safe said, is like you, your test is not over <laughs> until you die, right? So, <laughs> what, why I'm bringing this up is because that you know, the be- like, the beauty of our religion and our deen, the way of life is that the last month I said that you know, if you make a mistake, follow it up with a good deed. You know what I mean? Because the good deeds erase bad deeds, right? So you're never, you're never out of it. Yeah. Never out of There's it. always hope. Allah just said, you know what, if you do something wrong, yeah, oh, man, that, 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 opens, yep. that always opens up a door for anybody. And I mean, as, as much bad as you did, do more good, and you'll win, right? Like, it's, it's that simple, right? It's just like, don't ever feel like the door, the door is never, until you go back or until you die. And that's something I, I would always remind myself and anybody else. It's like, hey, if you've done 10 years of not praying, well, do 20 years of praying, you know what I mean? Like, there's always, there's no, you know what I mean? There's no, that, that, that effort that you yeah. put in is what you're going to get, whether it's in this world or in the next world. And you, and as you've worked on it, I promise you, you'll, you'll find you'll find so much. The, the, I'll end with one thing, and I apologize for taking extra time. But the one 
hadith, which I, you know, whenever, whenever we speak about this stuff, the, the one thing that I absolutely love, uh, in a hadith al-Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, that when you remember me, I remember you, right? Like when you as a human being, you remember Allah, Allah says, I remember you. And when you forget me, I still remember you, right? So even when we forget, Allah says, you're still in my mind. You're still on my thoughts, even when I'm not in your thoughts. So when I do get, come in your thoughts, realize that that period between you thinking about Allah, like right now, and the last time you thought about Allah, maybe last Friday, right? Throughout the entire time when you weren't paying attention and I wasn't the focus, Allah says you were my focus. <laughs> and that that's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Definitely beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like love. Yeah. In the purest that's sense. Love, yeah. though. That's love, though. That's, he loves us. You know, like that's the ultimate love right there. Yeah. Anyways, inshallah, we're going to try to have more conversation like this, man. Try to make like a series, maybe like, you know, a spiritual booster or imam booster or something like that, right? Where we can have, keep having these conversations. There's a lot more things to talk about. Like, there's yeah. so many things we didn't address that I kind of want to get into, right? But it's just, you know, something to kind of get us in that kind of that, that reminder mode, you know what I mean? Now, I really appreciate y'all coming on, hopping on, having this conversation with us, man. Inshallah, we'll have many more of these, inshallah. Just, just to benefit ourselves and you know, anybody. Jazakallah khair for having us.